0: Hello, I'm Howard, and welcome to the ninety-three twenty Friday show. Uh, looking back at the week that's gone, forward to the return of the FA Cup and anything else that takes our fancy. Uh, delighted to be joined today uh, this afternoon by Lloyd. Good afternoon, Lloyd. Afternoon, Howard. How are you doing?
1: Yeah, good. I'm rocking my best uh, Leon voice today. Bit of a <laughs> bit of a husky one from me. So
0: New Year's Eve was a a full one, eventful, should I say?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was uh it was it was relatively late. I've just seemed to have uh picked up a bit of a I don't know, something something coffee and chesty. Yeah, nothing to do but with you again.
0: Nothing to do with the amount of drink that went into you. No, no, I'd probably you
1: know, some quiche Lorraine or something like that <laughs> yeah. beforehand.
0: Always the way into it, that quiche Lorraine? Uh right we're, we're gonna crack on anyway. Before we uh we're gonna look back forward, uh FA Cup third round, uh, Discuss what it means to us, the competition, still, and a lot of you know what it means generally in the country. Yeah, but first off, kind of covered this on the review of the Everton game. Uh, uh, we stumbled across this question with Steve uh, about Fernandinho, another great performance, and the possibility of him leaving in the summer. News has broken today in the media uh, that he is. Open, Sky Sports understands, which they assume means they've nicked it off somewhere else, uh, that he's open to a contract extension and may stay next year, would him sign a new contract be the biggest no-brainer ever for you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's what I'd call a tap-in, to be honest. Um, he's such a key player, <clears throat> even at, what is he now, 34? Yeah, he'll be um, 35 in May, so... Yeah, I think I think the thing is, Fernandinho, is, he's pretty rare as a footballer in that physically... I I don't really think we've seen a decline in in his levels which is pretty remarkable given the position that he plays given the amount of games he's played given how kind of robust he is but I think that's the point given how kind of robust he is as a footballer and he's he's basically like a greyhound isn't he in terms of how he's built Um, you know so lean uh, doesn't carry much weight can cover ground really quickly and Okay, maybe that's been hidden slightly, possibly playing centre-back this year, but it's not something that I've noticed, to be honest. And, you know, moving forward, he's going to play centre-back in this team, isn't he? Pep's Pep's made that clear as much as maybe some of us would like him to go back into midfield. Um, So, yeah, it's a a complete no-brainer. If he's open to it, which I imagine he would be because, um, you know, at that age, he's probably only going to be getting... you know, a maximum two-year deal somewhere else. Um, yeah, I think it's a complete no-brainer. And uh, given our centre-back issues, we've yeah, there's almost no reason why we shouldn't do it. I don't see any risk, to be honest. Yeah, uh, if proof of,
0: if proof was needed that star signs are rubbish, I share a birthday with Fernandinho, and uh, fitness-wise, <laughs> and attitude to life... It's similar attributes. Oh isn't yeah, it? yeah. Obviously, my body is also a temple like his. So we have a very similar outlook on life. But the point is. You wouldn't know his age, would you? I mean, if you were not... No, just, does... D- yeah, you just do not know how old is it, he is.
1: No, definitely not. And does, does the report, because I haven't seen it, does it say that he's going to sign a new contract or does it say that he's open to signing a new contract? I, I didn't go
0: into it because it was Sky Sports understands, but it seemed to be that he's open to it and discussions have started. Pep said in the press conference he wants him to stay. So I think it's a si- simple situation okay. if if Fernandinho wants to stay next year I'm pretty sure it will happen basically Uh, because I just you know I could feel see no logic in City wanting to get rid of him uh, but Pep's pretty confirmed that that isn't the case anyway so Uh, yeah but if he stayed an extra year would would you be happy with him still in central defence or do you still feel like it's a stopgap and by the start of next season City really should have proper central defenders in that position
1: Yeah, I mean, we should. We should have more options, hopefully, by the start of next season because we should have at least, you know, one big summer signing in the centre-back position. Um, And hopefully, given how kind of Garcia's going, I know it's massively early days, but if we had another half a season into him, he could become, you know, a genuine real option. Um, Otamendi probably leaves. And then we've got Stones, uh, which, you know, I think is, let's revisit in the summer. So... It'll be a good. It'll be a really good option to have, and like you say, if we are better stocked at centre back, you know we might be able to use him in midfield again uh, in certain games. So I just think, given Fernandinho's kind of character, given his fitness record, just for me, it just there are just so few risks to this deal that um, it, there's just no reason for it not to be done. And actually, given how we've lost a lot of key players and we'll lose a few this summer, you know, companies walked out the door. We're gonna lose David Silva this summer, we're probably gonna lose Leroy Sane this summer. Um you know, Aguero's gonna leave the year after. I think if we lost Fernandinho as well, um, you know, this yeah. summer that that could be a bit of a problem from the kind of leadership vacuum because I think that is one of the weaknesses in this squad at the moment. So to keep him around for another year I think yeah, just is a complete no brainer as you say. Yeah, to stagger those big yeah, the big exits
0: will help the club if two go at some point, which will happen then. It just makes the job even bigger. Uh, do you see, you know, seem talk of it. Obviously, as you said, said, him staying next year gives Garcia time to develop more. Uh just gives us a bit more time and gives us options. Do you see him as being a player coach or a future coach at City or learning the ropes like obviously Arteta has and I think Van Brodkirce has gone now, and, has he not, to China? Uh, so that didn't work out. But City seem to have this system where they let players... Even kind of learn <laughs> that college system for for ex players. Do you see him doing that in the future and us maintaining it, or do you just see him as a player that we keep until you know age catches up with him?
1: No, I think I think Fernandinho has got on coach written all over him. To be honest, and I can't pinpoint it in my mind right now, but I, I can literally see the quotes that some of the players. I think it was last season. Um, we're basically saying that that he they already think he's acting like a coach, and he's um, spending time with Arteta on kind of one on ones, not just to talk about his kind of role in the team, but to talk kind of tactics and talk about the more kind of coaching side of the game. Um, I remember seeing those and just thinking, yeah, I mean that just fits perfectly with his personality. I mean his his English is excellent, um, and I know from um, chatting to Man City Brazil who obviously a load of people will follow um, yeah. on Twitter that he's super settled in Manchester yeah. um, his kids are and stuff so yeah I could definitely see that happening cool uh,
0: yeah well it's good news let's uh, one to keep an eye on hopefully I say don't see much reason for both sides not to come to some sort of agreement uh, it makes sense for everyone involved but yeah it would be great to have him for an extra year because uh, I just can't see him nose diving age-wise at some point and if he does then so be it you know it's hardly the worst risk in the world but he gives us options in at least two positions and if we keep playing this back three you know in future that again he gives us options because as we saw against Everton he can step into midfield uh depending whether we had the ball or not so let's uh hopefully that'll get sorted looking back then uh discuss the Everton performance we stay on the review now there's dust has settled how do you rate that performance do you think that was superb performance or do you still think the city side's just not quite there for you
1: no i i do actually i do rate it quite highly i think given the given the actual circumstances given the kind of number of games we've played recently i think I'm not going to say that's as good as you're going to get in a game like that but i think it's pretty close to be honest um Everton are, you know, they've got good players. They've obviously been, you know, massively buoyed by Ancelotti, who's, you know, a top, top-level coach. Um, and coming off the back of, you know, that Wolves game, the Sheffield United game, you know, all difficult games, um, and Guardiola not, probably not rotating as much as we thought he would from game to game, I thought, I thought it was pretty good, particularly second half. I mean, I thought, you know, maybe first off we were a little bit slow, um, but I think you could see when there was a little bit of a change second half Gundwan actually I thought made a difference. Um, no, so yeah, I was I, I'm happy with it, and I think, like I said, in the circumstances, that's that's pretty pretty solid. What about you? How, did you are you given kind of forty eight hours on it? Are you a bit more positive about it, or were you positive enough at the time?
0: Yeah, yeah. I, was, I was positive at the time. Yeah, even at half time, I was like. I know people probably moan about that but that was a much better than the half time at Sheffield United when it was also 0-0. I was just I felt we were dominant and I felt that if it progressed at you know, the same in the second half we would not stop you know we'd start creating more and more and more and that's kind of how it turned out. Uh, obviously circumstances made the last 15 or 19 minutes plus injury time a lot more nerve-wracking than it should have been but you know Bravo is Bravo there's just very little to discuss any more you know about that I felt generally it was a pretty good yeah at the end of a festive period I think it was a pretty good performance and you just just list the players that were not involved so Edison was not involved Kyle Walker was not involved Laporte John Stones Otto Mendy uh, Bernardo Silva David Silva Raheem Sterling Sergio Aguero I've probably forgotten someone uh, that is essentially a first team mm. not involved at all. I mean, when when you saw that lineup, were you
1: worried? No, no, I wasn't. I I think because you know everything you just said there is true, but I think at the moment people like Garcia are better options than Otamendi than Stones. I think people like Foden are better options than David Silva, arguably Bernardo Silva. Um, and there was still enough, you know, good players in decent enough form on that pitch that uh, no, I still felt confident. Um, I think. I think the only real noticeable thing is that, you know, something I've thought the kind of these last three games is that in the past two seasons we would probably never have conceded this amount of chances and the kind of level of good chances that we've conceded uh, kind of this season. You know, we've been given away. A lot of good chances because in, Guardi- in you know Guardiola's two amazing years there was uh, you know all, there were games when we were almost limiting teams to like no shots on target and stuff. So I think that's Bournemouth,
0: Bournemouth away. I remember specifically. Yeah, they didn't even have a shot, did they? Yeah, they did not have a shot. No. Yeah,
1: um, but there have been loads at home when you know Laporte has just snuffed everything out or Edison's made a save from you know what wasn't what wasn't even really a shot. It was more a through ball, you know that kind of thing. So yeah, it's a long term.
0: We don't see. You don't think the team's obviously not at the levels of the previous two seasons, but you you see it getting back to that. All, or what we've seen from Liverpool now, and what we've seen from City like previous two seasons, not the norm. Are City have actually back to the mean now, and at some point Liverpool will be too. Or do you think City can return to the absolute domination they showed in previous seasons?
1: I think we can get back close to that level. Whether we can get it again. Um, I think it requires a lot of things to go right which I mean Liverpool at the moment are almost on they're just swimming in like perfect conditions aren't they you know everything is just going right it reminds me of you know our run um, in the 2017-18 season or you know our run at the back end of last year to win the league you know literally everything's dropping people are staying fit Key goals are going in. I mean, they, I think they've they've they started playing better last kind of four or five games, um, whereas before they were kind of sneaking goals and sneaking results. Um, I think the big thing for us is that we've really got to get the recruitment right this summer. That's that's the big that's the big thing. I think Liverpool, you know, I know they didn't really sign anyone this summer, but their kind of business over the last twenty four months or so has been pretty knockout. Um, and you know we need to we need to come back with a big window. If we do, I think we can get. I think we can get back close to that level. Okay, and that
0: the formation three at the back was that key? Do you think to that Everton match? Uh, do you think you will see it again? And how much did it help free someone like Mendy and I guess Cancelo, who we have a small sample size to judge the performances against? Did you feel that's a, a up you know, formation you'd love to see again in the future?
1: I think it's horses for courses, but recently, I I think at the moment, it's just given us more stability um, because I think there's been a lot of times this season, and this kind of follows on from the previous question, where we've started to look like we're getting back to our level defensively and then we just drop like an absolute clangor of a performance. So, you know, I remember before United, we went to Burnley, great game, you know, played some lovely stuff, defended really well, you know, Rodri scores that goal. And it felt like, right, we're back here. And then we go and drop an absolute shocker against United. Um, Obviously, Wolves is a bit different in that it was a bit of a unique one-off. But there have just been a lot of times this season where, you know, we've gone... If you actually look at our form guide, it's like win, 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 loss, then truncated by like four more wins than a loss. So I feel like we're getting there and then we just have that freak result. And so this kind of formation, actually, I just think it... It's just given us a bit more stability in these last couple of weeks against good sides when we just need to bring that confidence back. Um, obviously, against Everton, I think, you know, KDB played a bit deeper, kind of helps us keep the ball a bit better in deep areas. Having the three, you know, against Everton's two, I think is, uh, you know, that's an obvious move by Pep, um, in my opinion. Uh, and yeah, like you say, it does give, you know, Mendy and Cancelo a bit more freedom to kind of hug the touchline and know that they've got two kind of lateral centre-backs kind of covering those areas.
0: Yeah. And to finish off, uh, the last time you were on the pod, we, well, I it was Sheffield United. Yeah. Uh, we talked about Eric Garcia and some people online not being that impressed about him, though that was just response to people saying how brilliant it was. Uh, were you just impressed once more with how he did? And uh, what's your thoughts of Phil Foden? Now we're seeing a bit more of him.
1: Yeah, Garcia... I mean, I, I thought he was good again. To be honest, um, I thought there were a few more slightly hetchy moments than against Sheffield United. A couple of times he gave the ball away a little bit easily, but again, no, no big clangers. Um, and that's kind of the key, really, because that's what Otamendi and Stones do too often. And that's you know, that's what if if we're being honest with ourselves, that we often critical of them about because. You know, particularly if you think about the Wolves game or the Norwich game away or, you know, the, it's the big moments that they're making big mistakes that are costing us goals. And I know it's a very small sample size for Garcia, but he just looks super assured on the ball. Um, I think his defending is actually really, really good, really underrated. I think he's, you know, he, he clearly anticipates the game very well, which he needs to because he is he is smaller and he's not as athletic as... You know a lot of other centre backs in the league, but I've I've been yeah I've just been really impressed. Um, thought he was good again. Do, do,
0: do you have to be six foot four to be a central defender in the modern game? No, I don't think you do. I mean, how many times do you you know jump up for a key ball in front of goal? It's just you know way of leading with that question.
1: I don't think you do because how many six foot four attackers are there now? Yeah, <laughs> you know there are there aren't well, as many yeah, as there used to be.
0: Yeah, but sort of standing in the right place is a lot more than getting seven feet into the air, you know, if you, know, I think.
1: So, yeah, his positional awareness is far more important than his height. Abs- yeah, absolutely. So, and, um, you know, I think, you know, you might have an argument that for games against a, you know, um, a Burnley or, or someone like that, or, you know, Newcastle, if Carroll was playing, you might not play him. Yeah. But, you know, can he, could he defend against, you know, a lot of the other strikers in the league, yes, absolutely. Um, you know, the pace thing might be more of a worry um, against, say, like a, I don't know, like a Liverpool or something, but, you know, I think you've you've got to back his kind of positional awareness to be honest and um, I, I think he's, like I said, I, I thought he was really good again the other night. What what, what did you think? Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, excellent. I thought, well, he had to deal with a lot of balls over the top, just, you know, they try to just get pace against him down the middle a lot of the time or inside channel. Yeah, they weren't going wide that much and I felt it was pretty composed. Uh I wouldn't want to they pick holes into anything. I thought it was excellent. I thought that back three worked pretty well. Uh I just don't you know it's just bizarre that we played this game. In the whole squad there was 18 year old central defender in the whole squad. So that's what makes me think this was a, you know, even more so a good performance. Uh, your views on Phil then a kind of inverted wingers probably not used to that a bit so not right in his not really in his perfect position but probably something he'll just have to learn to deal with you know as part of a Pep system
1: yeah i mean clearly it's not it's not Ferdinand's bread and butter but can he do a job there absolutely i think he showed that against arsenal to be honest um and that's key at this you know this time of year sterling has played way too much recently um, you know, I think as you know, we both said, I was super surprised to see him play against Sheffield United. Um and yeah, often as a young player, you know, you you have to kind of sometimes be put into a position that you're not hundred percent comfortable, but with but that's gonna help the team the most. And, you know, that's kind of gonna be good for your development ultimately. So I still think I still think every time Foden plays for City, he he never disgraces himself. Um you now I thought he was a little bit quieter than usual first half but for second half he did some good things. I mean obviously he scored the goal which was ruled out. Um, but that's a kind of I thought the fact that he's getting into that position actually is encouraging because as yeah. a as a number 8 it's not necessarily going to be your instinct to be flying in at the back post and trying to score a tap in. That is a real kind of attacker's instinct and you know that's something that I don't even think Sterling's had up until you know recent years and working with Arteta and Pep um, so actually, I thought the fact that he was there to tap that in, in a way, even though that's quite a simple thing, I thought that was actually quite encouraging.
0: Yeah, and with Raheem not on the pitch then, yeah, for him to be in that position instead, yeah, exactly, it uh, was excellent. Uh, penalty for him, second half.
1: Yeah, I, I, I was so confused by <laughs> by the commentary on that one. Um, yeah, I thought it was definitely a penalty. If you if you kind of look at the if you look at it slowed down from behind, Sidibi clearly gets his leg in front of Foden, doesn't win the ball, mm. fouls Foden, so Foden, I think Foden kicks his leg, basically, because um, Foden's about to strike with his right foot, and, and yeah, it's just clearly a penalty, I, 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 I can't remember who was on commentary, um, I don't think it was a McManaman, was it, but it was, it was another one of the BT Sport lads, which I think says everything, um, yeah, there wasn't a stone waller that I was like, "Oh, that's absolutely nailed on," but it did it. it did kind of look like a penalty, and I think with the with the reviews, then it kind of clearly. And I think this is the this is why people are annoyed with VAR because you know there's a decision like that where they've I don't even think they've looked at it. Um, oh, well, this, I think they do. I think everything's looked
0: at. Uh, but do you, you just believe don't that? know how much you do. I don't know, but a VAR is supposed to just look at everything. Yeah, you know, the referee—they're all look—they're always looking. Everything's checked. Is the official line? I just get yeah, like you say, you sometimes get the feeling things aren't getting looked at, but you don't know. How can you know? I don't think that uh, was looked at. Um, don't, I don't. Think... Well, the ball didn't go out for three minutes either. Is that relevant, or would this still? If it had been looked at, if they thought it was a penalty, do you think they would have dragged the play back after three minutes? <sighs> yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. I think difficult. it's easier sometimes not to, yeah, just to play on, I don't know, it's, uh, that's what I know, on the review we talked for 15 minutes about VAR unfortunately, because we, we talked about hopes for 2020 and Steve actually thought it wasn't a penalty, that we got something on the ball, but I'm not sure even getting the edge of your stud on the ball really makes any difference if you still foul the
1: player anyway. Nah, uh, he might he might have got the, stood on the ball, but he he got Foden way before he got there, so it's just yeah. a penalty for me. Thankfully, it did not matter anyway.
0: Anyway, we'll move on uh, because uh, we're moving away from the league, and it's that time of the year when it's cup competitions. Uh, City are always in the semi final of the Carabao Cup, of course, but that's to come later. Uh, the FA Cup third round used to be one of the biggest weekends of the the sporting calendar. Is it still for you? Does this competition still mean as much to you as it used to? City obviously go into this now as holders uh, because I, you know, I think over the yeah, you know, it all started with the FA Cup, but we've had some bad times at this competition in you know in the last decade. Uh, what does it mean to you still? Is it for you still a huge competition trophy to win?
1: Yeah, I yeah I love the FA Cup. Um, I think when this kind of weekend rolls around, you always want to. There's there's still some I know it happens probably statistically slightly less, but there's still you know, just really something in watching uh League One or League Two team kind of run a Premier League team really close or or, you know, beat them. Um I always <clears throat> one of my favourites I always think about uh, it's been in the press of it today, the Leeds one at Old Trafford when Beckford yeah. scored that goal. I was just just so beautiful in every way. Um <clears throat> but yeah, no, I'm I'm always quite buzzing for the for the FA Cup to be honest um, I mean I know you're its biggest proponent on the podcast for sure um, but no it's definitely like you know a bit like with the Carabao Cup going to Wembley you know for the Watford game at the end of the season you know they're, they're some of the best days that you have as a fan to be honest um, you know and until we win the Champions League or you know really go close with it and probably make another semi-final um, you know I don't think we have that kind of or I personally don't have that absolute affinity with that competition. Whereas with the FA Cup, um, I think I do. And yeah, I'm always I'm always excited for for this weekend. I think you should speak uh, a little bit about what it means to you, though.
0: <laughs> well, no. I'll, well, oh, okay. I've got another question because, but I'll, what it means to me, I don't know. It's just part of your childhood, so. Football's changed so much, of course, especially if you're my age. <laughs> You've got a big sample size, a long period of time. But growing up, you know, late 70s or early 80s, the FA Cup was huge. Now, obviously, it's a very different world nowadays. We have just wall-to-wall football. Uh, and it's it's everything's very different. There used to, didn't used to be much football on the TV. So it's like, you know, to have these matches on. And even the Cup final day was just a huge event. As a kid, you know, you'd sit there from 10 o'clock, watch the buses arrive, watch the the road to Wembley, you'd watch interviews, you'd watch them come out, or buy, you know, by with me or whatever. It's obviously been diminished a bit, but it will always yeah. have a place in my heart. It's, I always, the moment City go out of the FA Cup is always hard for me to take, so it doesn't matter if it was an underdog thing or if it was, you know, a way to a great side and that, you know, still get mixed feelings about. Pellegrini throwing our you know the kids to the wolves against Chelsea, and just I find it yeah I find it a, it's a bit disappointing in a way that it is not treated as important by so many managers and perhaps so many fans, which is kind of my next my next question to you. It has been reduced in importance. I think that's stating a fact. Where do you hold the blame for that? Is it managers who don't treat it seriously because there's always something else more important, be it promotion, relegation, staying in the Premier League or the Champions League for someone like Klopp? Or is it the FA who have messed about spreading games like this weekend, changing, you know, we kicked off against Stoke after United won the league that same day, where the FA Cup used to have the day to itself. Where do you apportion blame for how
1: this competition has suffered I think <clears throat> I think there's got to be some blame that lies at the feet of managers because I think I think sometimes managers use the oh, we're you know we're, we've, we've got to stay in the league or you know we're pushing for top six or any basically anything apart from we are ranked mid-table as too much of an excuse um, and too much of a get out of jail kind of free card with the fans to say we can't possibly take this game seriously you know we have to um, focus on the league I think I think actually a lot of managers chicken out when they shouldn't and I think that they are often probably too immune to criticism when they shouldn't be that's kind of how I see it but I think the real blame to be fair has to fall at the kind of the feet of the Premier League and scheduling and you know just I mean we've seen it again um, this last few weeks in terms of accumulation of games and the times that the games have been played at and you know the complete lack of regard for the players health you know I think you've seen FIFPRO today has come out and issued basically a kind of like a warning to the Premier League saying you know 53 players have been injured over this festive period that's you know ridiculous it's a danger to player welfare to player health so I think principally that is that you know the schedulers the Premier League they are the big guys to blame and I think often the managers are responding to that but um, I do think sometimes kind of on the flip managers do often use it as a get out of jail when they shouldn't because you know there are are lots of teams that are you know unless they're genuinely in a relegation battle um, you know I think pretty much anyone from around you know and it changes every year but around kind of 13 upwards there's no reason they shouldn't be taking the FA Cup seriously Um, and I think you know Even like Everton in recent years, haven't taken it seriously enough. When they're always safe, pretty much, and you know, I think Ancelotti's come in and said, you know, we're going to take this really seriously, as they should. You know, they're never going to, they're never going to win the league. They're probably never going to go down. So, you know, when managers of teams like Everton start throwing it, that's when I look at it and think, I think you know, that's not really good enough, and I'd be really annoyed as a City fan. Um, But I think. I think, principally, you do have to put it at the doors of the organisers.
0: Yeah, if you were like a Newcastle fan, he's just hovering 16th, 17th, but you've never won anything. I say never. You know, you've not won anything in generations. What would you be angry if? You know, Steve Bruce, who's just, as you say, the schedule's just hitting with three extra injuries. But if with with or without the injuries, would you be really unhappy if he puts out a weak side and just? exits the competition with a whimper at the weekend or would you still expect t- to try and win one of the you know the few trophies they've got? or well, one of only two trophies they've really got a chance of winning in the this year or any years coming up to be honest
1: yeah I've, it's it's difficult because I think it, it does vary team to team and if you use Newcastle as an example I think they're a bit unique in that I think a lot of their fans Almost want them to go down because they think that Ashley will sell the club if they go down. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> if, you, if you're looking at it with that hat on as a Newcastle fan, you might think, "Balls to it! Let's you know, free sh- let's go free sheets to the wind and throw a good team at it." Um, but I think, f- f- to be fair, for a lot of fans of genuinely relegation-threatened clubs, so this season, you know, probably Norwich. Uh, you know, probably Bournemouth. You know those kind of teams. I can see why. I, I, for instance, I could see why Eddie Howe would go this season. You know what? Yeah. But whereas I think my point would be in previous seasons when they've been completely safe and he's um, and he's. I remember I was I, was it last year or the year before he made eleven changes and I think at the time I remember looking at that and they were probably around ninth or tenth in the league and just thinking that's just shocking like and they got battered as well and I, and from there run so um, well, that's a valid point
0: does resting players or throwing this competition does it help a team in a relegation scrap or can a cup run actually really be the inspiration with the odd game here and there. You know, to help them with with the league form. Is it a false argument to say that you know just rest? I mean, you're resting players, of course, so that kind of helps. But there's no league game joined a week. Is there really that much to gain?
1: I mean, yeah, okay. If you've played a completely different team and then you bring you know your big boys back in, then yeah, they could easily respond and you can win from there. But generally, it's you know, it's not it's not a it's never a positive thing to go and you know, potentially get battered in a game. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I would always, I mean, it's, it's very easy, easy for me to sit here and say this having never managed, but, you know, I would always think that it's better to maybe not play the full strength team, but, you know, take it seriously, you know, a bit of rotation as I expect most teams would given the recent kind of schedule, play some youngsters, but play, surround them with good players and, you know, see if that can inspire, you know, a decent run for you. Because, yeah, I, I do think, if we were a fan of you know any of those teams, kind of basically outside the top six, I would be really, really peeved if um, you know we were basically throwing games.
0: Some, well, some pretty attractive games, I would say. Uh, kicking off at the same time as us, Wolves against United, uh, kicking off the day after Sunday at some point. Liverpool against Everton, uh, big spread of games over the two days. Uh, How do you think all four managers approach these games? How do you see these games going? Do you think Klopp doesn't want to be in this competition? Or surely with the league... Yeah, Klopp's fully... I mean, the league, he must deep down know, is done now. Can he not afford to to go all out in every competition he's in now? I mean, that is... No Does he have an obligation because it's Everton that will put a stronger team out than normal anyway?
1: That's that's what I was just about to say. That is the one thing that I think Sorry. might... No, it's OK. <laughs> that is the one thing that I think might kind of change his approach slightly. A little bit like for us in the Carabao Cup, you know, is Pep going to play a full-strength team or would it be the teams that we've seen in the Carabao Cup kind of thing? But to be honest if you just look at Klopp's record in both of the domestic cups since he's joined Liverpool he's pretty much thrown every single game in those competitions to an extent I mean his rotation you know season after season has been very heavy so irrespective of the fact that they've basically already won it I would imagine he's got his eyes on the Champions League again he's got his eyes on the Premier League and I think it'll be a very heavily rotated team I think Everton will win actually Um yeah, that might be a big shout but I, I can see Ancelotti taking it seriously. Um, he's the I think he's the only manager to beat Liverpool this season, isn't he? His Napoli team. Oh, right. Um, they're, they're, uh, they're the only team that's beat them. Um, right. So, well, no, they might have lost in the Carabao Cup as well, but that was against Villa when they genuinely played... 11 kids so I don't really think that counts a, a Klopp wasn't even managing exactly that, so I don't really think that counts <laughs> kind of. so yeah. yeah I think yeah their, their only loss is to, is to Napoli so yeah I, I would give Everton a pretty good a pretty good shout out of that to be honest and I think if I was an Everton fan I'd be really infused by the way that um, I mean we've got to wait and see his team but the way that Ancelotti's been kind of talking about it mm. uh,
0: Wolves United and Wolves Europa League yeah they're uh, not taking issues. it seriously I don't think to- are they not? I don't, I don't do you think,
1: think so no? I think for them United then for them Europe is Europe is probably bigger um, and I think they've struggled a little bit this kind of over these last few literally last few games in that they obviously rested yeah. I think Jimenez Traore and Doherty against Liverpool uh, they came back in um, the following game but yeah, I would imagine I would imagine they don't take that too serious. I, I, I would expect two probably quite heavily rotated teams. I mean, United should probably be taking it seriously. But again, Solskjaer has had a bit of a mixed record. He's played quite strong teams and then sometimes he's literally played loads, loads of youngsters as well. Um, I mean, United, I think, are probably in that position where for them another loss could be not cataclysmic, but it could be a real problem. So they should be doing everything to try and win it just to stave away the... The boo boys but yeah yeah. who knows
0: well they've we United they've obviously got the Europa League as well and they've got City twice coming up in the Carabao do you think that will affect it or do you think Solskjaer feels he has to get results and just has to go in heavily yeah you know, with his best squad available in every game he plays now
1: well if I was Solskjaer I'd be going in pretty much as heavy as I can with every game because I think you know his time is pretty numbered there, isn't it? So you know, I don't think he can be. Well, let's hope not. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, it's great him being their manager, but you know, realistically, he's. I just can't see him being there much longer. I mean, he's just a bit of a joke of a manager for someone that's managing the top six. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think he can kind of rest on you know the fact that they might beat us over two legs. You know, obviously they beat us at the Etihad. And we had an absolute shocker. But I'd say the chances of them doing us over two legs are probably even lower because, you know, two legs does generally benefit the better team, as we've seen in plenty of Carabao Cup semis over the last few years, haven't we?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, you know, even against like Bristol or whatever, when they turn up with a great first game, you know that we've inevitably got the second game to kinda of come back at them. So yeah, if I if I was Solskjaer I'd be, you know, going I'd probably be going right for it to be honest.
0: Okay, so you so you tipping United to win that?
1: I don't know, you know. <laughs> close, uh, close game. I, think, I yeah. think close game. I don't know. Wh- I don't know which way it will go. Is it? Do they do penalties or is it extra time or replays? If it's replays, I could see it being a draw.
0: I think there's still replays. Though. That's a good point, actually. I yeah, I don't think they've got
1: rid of replays yet. After I could see it being a draw, and that would be great for us, given that we play them in the two two legs. That'd be ideal, yeah. Or
0: if it's drawing near the end, both teams trying to score their own goals, <laughs> attacking towards their own goal because I don't think either team wants yeah another game. Uh, but yeah, I assume it's still replays. But yeah, it probably is replays. Yeah, uh, well, let's look at City then. Port Vale at uh, half five kickoff for yeah you know, spread out as per previous conversation at uh, five thirty one to be precise. Uh, good initiative by the FA. Duke of Cambridge video will be played. Duke of Cambridge, I assume, is Prince William, and uh, we will played all grounds for one minute uh, before the match, uh, which yeah, uh, about mental health, which obviously Prince William is very passionate about, and uh, good to see football taking this seriously at long last. Yeah, definitely. So, great, great, yeah, so every game will kick off one minute later. Uh, what sort of team do you want to see for this? Uh, fixture what sort of team do you think we'll see do you think the two will marry up Pep just doesn't really ease off does he whatever the opposition
1: no he doesn't and I think one of the probably most positive things you could draw on from Pep's time at City is that he, he's taken the Cups really seriously and as a fan that's mm. been great because it's, you know we've had as we've said so many times on this pod so many great kind of times um, in you know going to cup games and obviously going to finals at Wembley as well, so I would imagine that it will probably in kind of true Pep style still pretty strong. But I think we've seen this season that he's rotated a little bit more than in previous seasons. Um, so you know I think in the you know in the early rounds of the Carabao Cup, seeing both Garcia and Howard Bellis is not something that I think you would have seen from Pep in in his first kind of three seasons um, but I actually think given the kind of nature of our squad and given the issues we've got with injuries at the moment it's, it is the right thing to do so hopefully we see that again um, yeah I would imagine it's going to be I think it will probably be quite a similar team to the one that played against Everton to be honest um, yeah yeah, probably Howard bellis coming in probably someone else swapping in for Mendy I would imagine surely Cancelo plays again Um Fernandino will probably yeah, drop I out. I so. Probably see Stones come in. But I would imagine probably that kind of that kind of structure and a lot of those players I think, so you know, Foden, um Mahrez will probably drop out for Sterling, but you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Sterling stays in himself. Yeah, I would imagine it would be pretty similar to that to be honest.
0: I think Sergio will start because he needs the match fitness for the Carabao Yeah, for sure. So uh and Zinchenko in midfield <laughs> I'm being far, far too optimistic again because Angelino and Zinchenko could both come in could they not uh, Port Vale are 12th I think in Division 2 League 2 sorry uh, did beat Swindon last week who were on a good run of form but only drew at home to Macclesfield who are not in a good place on or off the pitch at the moment so it's a League 2 team who are not in good form and you know they are they, we know what to expect in a way a very average side who will just put the ball forward. He, you know, whatever his side he puts out will be far, far superior. Do you think he'll try something innovative, or do you think he'll just, as you say, kind of stick to what he knows best or what he did
1: against Everton? I could, to be honest, I could see, I could see. I'm pretty stuck between. Them. I was thinking this before we were doing the podcast. I could see him going with the same system, but then I could also see him freeing it up again and going back to the kind of four because inevitably you know this is going to be one of those games where we're going to have probably 70% possession isn't it Um, so do we need those and the rest do we need those three defenders you know probably not it's just maybe more about whether Pep wants to you know bring some of the different players some of the squad players maybe into playing in that system and just getting a bit more comfortable with it um so, on balance, I would probably say he he probably switches back to kind of the four at the back. Um, but I could see, yeah, I think in terms of like who plays and the, the structures, I think it will be probably pretty similar. But this is the thing. I mean, this is why we've been so good in the Cups. I imagine, for instance, it will probably still be Gundogan, Foden and maybe David Silver in midfield. You know, it's probably going to be, um, you know... I, I, <laughs> probably Aguero Sterling and another up front. Um I mean it'd be great to see Jaden Braff um from the youth team but I don't think he's made <laughs> that's not I don't amazing. think he's made a bench yet, so it's more likely to be someone like Bernabe um or maybe Perveder if he's still with us. Uh and then yeah, I think it'll be probably Cancelo, Harvard Garcia and probably Zinchenko at left back. So you know if you go through that eleven, that's still That's a super strong 11. I mean, there's, you know, internationals still all over the pitch there, apart from at centre-back. So, yeah.
0: yeah. Do do you have any players in particular you'd really, really want to see rested this weekend? Or do you
1: feel the whole squad? I think De Bruyne should should be nowhere near the pitch, not even on the bench. I think Fernandinho should be not even on the bench. Um, I would like to see Rodri hopefully not play. I think he's played a lot recently. And to be honest, it would be good if Sterling just didn't play at all and wasn't even on the bench. Yeah. Um, I I just think... Having had Wednesday uh, Wednesday off,
0: I just don't see any point for Sterling not to have a whole week off before the Carval Cup. I can't say with certainty that will happen. No,
1: No, and I think this is actually... One thing that's been exposed a little this year is that we we are lacking depth in the wing positions. We don't have a Harwood-Bellis or a Garcia really... Who's of that level that we can bring in? Because I think if we did, Sterling probably would have played slightly less this season. He's played in a lot of the cup games, kind of unnecessarily. Um, so yeah, it would be nice to see him um, spend a bit more time on the bench.
0: But Bernabe is of that level for surely for Port Vale at home in the FA Cup. But will Pep just not think about? It? it's Pep's philosophy basically if they're not ready for any match, they you know I'm not going to use them in a game like this.
1: I mean Pep is Pepe is I would say quite reticent to throwing kids in he's he's definitely more reticent than I thought he was before he came to City I feel I don't know how you feel about that but I, I always felt that he was a bit more attuned to it when he wasn't our manager kind of looking at him at Bayern and Barca um, I think on reflection that's probably because that Barca team was so good you know Busquets Iniesta Messi PK, etc. That it was almost, you know, it was a complete no-brainer. Um, yeah, and he has brought people through like Kimmich and you know developed Alaba and stuff. But yeah, generally he's you know he's not one to you know do what Lampard has done say this season or you know what Tim Sherwood did at Tottenham at, or you know lots of other managers who really will kind of fr- you know throw them in really untested and um, you know without any real experience. But aren't the ones Lampard
0: are putting in, you know, have progressed further than we're not. You know, he's not thrown in someone like Bernabe, has he, or Braff. These are players that have f- further developed, have got championship experience and
1: whatnot. Well, I don't know, but I, then you say. look at the game against Arsenal and he throws that Lampy on for like half an hour. Yeah, um, who's like never played before, and I don't think he's been on loan before. So that's what I mean. I, I could never see Pep doing that in a game like that. Yeah. You know, Pep would never uh, throw on have- a defender like that.
0: Yeah, I have warmed a bit. I, you know, I did feel it a bit weird that, you know, this is a great experience for, you know, a youth player to come on and we should win it, you know, if we put three youth players in. Uh, but I have warmed a bit to Pep's reasoning, which I assume is that players must earn the right to, to wear the shirt in a way. And that, you know, if they progress well, if they work hard, they will get their chance. But, you know, on the other side it is a chance to rest players and it's a great experience for the youth players, so yeah, I'm quite told. I would have liked to seen a bit more from him in games like this. Uh, I mean, you look at the Burton and Rotherham games last year. I can't remember the lineups, but they were obviously fairly strong. And you know, half an hour for could easily have given half an hour or half to quite a few youth players without it having any downside to the the result. Do you think? Do you think Doyle will come in? But I, now I'm just not. I'm not confident. I think on the bench it's possible, yeah. And I really hope that at least a couple are on the bench. And if it goes well, they should get some time, obviously, if the game has been put to bed. Uh, but starting, I'm not convinced at all. It's Garcia and it, Howard Bellis is a possibility. Otherwise, I can't see any younger players being
1: starting that match. Just yeah. one one quick one for you, I was just thinking. Do you think there's a, do you think there's a chance Garcia gets rested because he's not our first choice? Uh, well, it's a
0: big decision to make for the two matches against United. I mean, there is there's an argument that he'll be rested because he's young. You know, Phil Foden is not energy levels do sap when he plays a game. You know, it's not these these kids don't have the energy levels of someone that in the prime at twenty five, twenty six, and there could be an argument that you don't want him. But he shouldn't he shouldn't have that difficult a game, so no, really. No. I can't. you can't say that. Uh No, I'm just playing with you. I know no, it's actually viable, but he may rest him. He may rest him if he wants him to play in the Carval Cup semi finals.
1: I think it'd be look, yeah. it would be it's probably unlikely, but I think if Garcia didn't start, that to me would say given the fact he started the last two, that would be like, ooh, that's interesting.
0: But I wouldn't take much from it. It could, you know, it could simply be he wants him super fresh for Tuesday night, uh, or he could play him in both. You know, it's so hard to second call Pep. It's, you know, it's an impossibility in a way. So I would like to see him. I just wanted to see him get some p- pitch time, you know, match time, and uh, just watch him more and more. So yeah, I hope he is there. If he doesn't play, then Bellis surely does, assuming he's fit and ready and available and all that. So. Uh, yeah should be interesting but I think it will be quite a strong team Mm. Uh, yeah replays are up to the fourth round nowadays I thought it was yeah yeah, yeah. the next two rounds there are replays for the next two rounds uh, but not thereafter Uh, I assume they may I don't know they've got rid of extra time as well in a later round so we'll look it up should we get through Uh, right I think we've covered everything Uh, is it worth hazarding a score prediction from you (laughs)
1: I, you know, I would expect a comfortable win. I think the fact that often when we play teams in the cups that we've heard so little about, it's often because you know they're not a progressive team. Or you know sometimes when you've come up against, um, like Lincoln when they had the Cowley brothers or whatever, you might be, yeah, 10 percent more worried because you know that those guys are probably kind of really good managers in the waiting who you know play really progressive stuff or like an early level Swansea or Bournemouth and Port Vale just aren't that so you know I think anything other than a comfortable win would be a big shock I would imagine okay I'll go five nil anyway
0: uh well half five anyway 6,000 I think Port Vale fans they've kicked me out of my seat tomorrow uh so should be a good atmosphere anyway so Lloyd I think we've covered everything thanks very much for coming on the Friday Cheers, show and here's to an enjoyable weekend watching City. Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, We'll be back, of course, as always, uh, with a review after Port Vale and loads more uh, shows coming up. So uh, until next time, thanks for listening. Goodbye, and as always, up the blues.